Hello. Hello to you, and how are you today? No complaints on my end. How are you doing, Angel? I'm good. It's been a very productive day, and I've got a lot more to do today, so I'm ready to get rolling. I feel like I've taken an Adderall today or something, and I haven't. I'm, like, juiced and ready to go. I love it. So let's hit the ground running, babes. What have you been up to this past week? Oh, geez. You know, just working, touring. We've been planning a few trips going on this weekend. Oh. In fact, there's something I haven't told you, Garrett. Oh. But it's official that this upcoming Christmas, I will be home for Christmas. She said, I've been booking trips. It's officially planned. I will be there. I'm so excited. Christmas with Chloe is my favorite. So we're back and better than ever. I love it. She's so, booking plane tickets. Tell your mom, tell your friends. Actually, we don't know. So you guys vote in and tell me what you think I should do. Do we take extra days out of my very minimal days off of the year to drive there so that we can get Piper and get her stuff and bring her home and maybe get a few more of like our things? Because even Mitchell has a few things stored at my parents' house. They have a giant storage space in the back of the property. So like, you know, it it makes no sense for us to be paying for a storage unit, but it's just a matter of getting that stuff to us now. So it's like, do we drive to do that or do we fly? I knock Piper out and with like, you know, safely and then bring her home by airplane and then get rid of some of that stuff and just keep the necessities and then get new when she gets home. That's kind of where I'm leaning now, just because that maximizes time spent with my favorite people, but also the thought of Piper at an airport is a reoccurring nightmare that I have that wakes me up in a cold sweat. So that would quite literally be facing one of my biggest fears. <laughs> well, hey, I see both ends. I see like why both options have its positives and negatives, but either way, you're coming home to me and Piper is gonna be going back with you to Austin. So I'm so excited. <laughs> and anytime I'm with my bestie, I'm excited. So I'm now counting down the days until Christmas. <laughs> so let everybody know, because because I already told my mom I have to dedicate time to seeing my peeps too. Uh, of course, of course. And then also write in guys, while you're answering that previous question about the Piper situation, let me know. As a cat, do you think it would be more traumatizing to go to an airport in a little carrier and fly and then end up in a new place that you've never been to before? Or to be in a car for like over 24 hours, also poss also like probably possibly a hotel overnight and then show up to a place you've never been to before. I say airplane, but what do I know? I'm not a cat and I love I really, flying. <laughs> I just hope, I don't know if vets like knock animals out for this kind of thing or not. Like, I don't know if that's, like I genuinely don't know if that's okay, like allowed or not, or if what I'm saying would be considered abuse, but I feel like it would be better for her to just be zonked out and have no idea what's happening <laughs> and then yeah. just wake up and be like, oh, I'm in a new place. And it's quick. It's one and done instead of like hotel, multiple, letting her out to the bathroom, all that stuff. I think it could be a I'm hassle. I'm getting old. Driving for 24 hours, man, like that's a lot. That's a lot. No, it is a lot. I would rather save up all year to like pay for a shipping container to get driven from Georgia to, <laughs> to me with all my stuff in it. No, 100%. I agree. Yeah, 24 hours at this point. I'm just like, it has to be a really fun, exciting trip. Not saying coming home isn't exciting, but you've done it before. Like, I just need something new if I'm going to be driving for yeah. 24 fucking hours because that's like a day. I agree. And doing that with the cat. 
I, I just don't know. So moving on from that, you know, I've been splurging on a few things. I splurged majorly on Mitchell's birthday gift this year. So that's a big one. And then lately I've been making some little updates around the house, just getting some things like today I just bought like all new glass food storage, like Tupperware, but not Tupperware. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like all glass ones and then like a new little rug and some new curtains. So I've just been updating, you know, doing a little home reno. I love it. Nothing like getting some new accessories, home decor for the house. So I'm there anytime, any day, any week. Yes, sir. What have you been up to lately? Honestly, about the same, like nothing fun this week, just working and then kind of like you running errands. I got my hair cut, got my car washed, tire rotations, groceries, just kind of stuff like that. Taxes, got my taxes filed. So uh, I got to just... do that this weekend, meaning <laughs> tomorrow, because this is my weekend. Uh. Yeah, not fun at all, but I'm just glad that's done under the belt. So just was honestly an adult. It's had an adult weekend, not fun, but had to get it done. Gotta do it sometimes. Tomorrow I have to do my defensive driving course, which is going to suck eggs. But I did find a cute little addition to add to your gift pile. Stop. It was like a dollar. <laughs> I found it at Walmart of all places, but it's so EFBF coded. I had to buy. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And we found this cute little place that you might like. Okay, let me ask you this because I actually don't know this about you as a friend. Do you are you a pie guy? Do you like pie for dessert, like cream pies or like a, a not like a fruit pie? Okay, I don't mind a pie. I dibble or dabble like a in the area. Type pie. I'm there on occasion. I'm not like every day, but like on a if I get a good pie, I'm there. I can I on can a handle. Whim. Yeah, that's me. So. The other day we went to go get ramen at our all-time favorite ramen place, but they are like always ridiculously packed like crazy. And the wait time was over 70 something minutes. And we oh. were like, yeah, there's a ramen place across the street. Like we're just going to go there. <laughs> Glad we did because it was such a good experience. We got like so much food. We got, we both got a full bowl of ramen and this is at like an authentic place where the bowls are humongous. And I got mine with dumplings, and then I also got a roll of sushi, and then Mitchell got um, takoyaki, and I think that was it. But it was came to like forty four bucks. I was like, that's a steal, honestly, for how much food that we just consumed. I love that. That is a good deal. That's not bad at all for all that food. But to bring it back to pie, while we were waiting for the ramen place, we popped into this little place called Pie Bar around here and my friend Britt told me that pie bar is really good but I was like I never knew what it was because we have a place in Georgia called pie society but that's like British like meat pies like mm -hmm. you know like that kind of thing so I didn't yeah. know what it was or and also pie society I also thought it might be a pizza place yeah exactly I get that so we popped in just to see and it's this cute little coffee shop and it's this like pie mm. place and the vibes are cute in there and it gives warm, cozy feelings. Like literally, I might go there just to do my taxes to make it a better experience. I love that. Coffee and pie, that actually sounds like a fantastic combination. So I'm shocked I've never thought about that before, but that's a great like niche coffee shop thing to have, like a pie coffee shop. I've just well, never seen that, I love. It's even more niche because you get up there and you can buy any of their like pre-made pies and they have that kind of thing. Or 
you can select your crust and then select your mousse and then add your toppings. So you can oh. make your own little mini personal pie. That's Mitchell and I's new Valentine's Day plans because we're going to save the wings for later since the wing place is going to be busy as crap. And then he's got a tummy ache right now. But if he feels better tonight, we're going to go to Pie Bar tonight for dessert for like Valentine's Day. If not, we'll go tomorrow or like the next day or something. But like that's going to be our little Valentine's treat because we never go out for dessert. We always go out for dinner, but we never go out for like a little special dessert. I love that, Chloe. That's super cute and it matches the Valentine's Day vibe. So I'm there and update me. Send me photos of the pie you get. I want to know. You know I will. I mean, it was just Mardi Gras and one of the mousse pie filling flavors that they had was king cake, which is like the Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras staple and my friend Anna who I work with who is from there and literally is at Mardi Gras like right now she brought us king cake like authentic king cake from NOLA and it's so good and it's I can just imagine that that in pie form would be fantastic Mm-mm-mm. sign me it's up <laughs> moving right along Garrett tell me because I haven't looked at our notes today what's next so I want to know, babes, what are you obsessed with? What have you been in the vibe for? What have you been loving? Spill it to me. That's right. That's right. It is the same normal setup as always. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say I am majorly obsessed with Love on the Spectrum Australia. I binged America too fast or like whichever one is the one that I've been watching. I think it's America, but I binged that one too fast. So now I'm on Australia and it's like maybe my favorite of all of the different franchise, like, I guess, franchises of it. They're oh so cute. my gosh. I love that. I didn't know that they had different franchises of Love on the Spectrum. So I love that, Chloe. You should check it out, Garrett, because I know you would love it. Oh, I'm obsessed. That's a good one. A great show. And there is a girl on there named Chloe. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my chance. We can be like sisters, twins. But then she said one of her favorite things is snakes. And I was like, oh, snakes and spiders. I was like, oh, we, we were almost there. But almost there. <laughs> but she's cute as can be, like, adorable. And I really think that her and her date are going to end up working out. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it. Love it. Come on, Other than that, I've obviously still been keeping up with Vanderpump Rules. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something. I guess I guess that's it. Hey, I don't mind. A little short list. We can't be obsessed with everything every week. So keep the list short. It has to be top tier to make it on Obsessed. So I appreciate it when you are select with your choices. It's true. <laughs> but um, I have a few exciting things that I want to mention on Obsessed. First things first, I know last episode we mentioned this briefly, but Casey teased her new era at the Grammys and she's now revealed the title, the album cover, all the good stuff. So Casey Musgraves' new album is titled Deeper Well and it's coming out March 15th and she released the title track last Thursday, February 8th. And when I tell you guys... It's so good. The album cover is absolutely beautiful. It was shot by her sister. And honestly, it's taking me back to old country Casey, like same trailer, different park. All those vibes are coming back. It's just very clean. It's tapping into the countryside more so than Starcrossed, I would say. So mm -hmm. it's just Casey being Casey and boy, oh boy, I was just 
so impressed with it. Like that's why I had to mention it because I actually am obsessed and it's all I can think about. So <laughs> 12 out of well, 10, Casey. I have to say, Garrett, I'm kind of excited. I never thought I'd be saying these words, but I think we're going to be having a very country hoedown, throwdown, redneck, like cutie country, small town girl vibes summer. And it's like my first full summer in Texas. So I'm thinking like little straw cowgirl hat, little Levi shorts. Like, I think I'm just going to go full stop. No, Chloe, you literally took the words out of my mouth because the next topic I have is at the Super Bowl, Beyonce did a commercial with Verizon where she teased her new music and released two singles randomly during the Super Bowl. And when I tell you, a little shocked, it is coming after her act one renaissance and now it's coming act two and it's a country album. We are getting full country. And as we said, I believe during Lemonade, she definitely tapped into her country roots throughout Lemonade with like daddy lessons and things like that. And Chloe, I am so excited. She released two singles, Texas Hold'em. Chloe, what the hell? Like, te- like, like you said, you going to Texas is like at the perfect time because everyone is tapping into their country it's roots. It's my new theme song for the summer. I'm going to like, I, I'm going to call it, but yeah. And then we also have Lana on top of that doing a country album. So that's what I'm saying. Like we've got a Holy Trinity doing country this summer and who knows who else has been inspired by that little country bug. I mean, if it hits, it hits. This is why you don't walk under the the Spanish moss, just because you'll get bit by that little country bug. <laughs> that is it. I'm obsessed. I'm excited. All of these albums are going to take different routes, too, with their country vibe. So I'm excited. And also the second song Beyonce released was 16 Carriages. So both are fun. Both definitely tap into the countryside. So if you have not listened to those listen but i also want to go back and talk about the super bowl a little bit because that happened and obviously i don't really care about the super bowl itself that happened (laughs) it definitely happened and it's being reported as like the most watched television program in a very long time like high up there big numbers and i will say i didn't watch the whole thing i watched the halftime show obviously which we have to get into usher was the halftime performance which we talked about when he was announced but what are your opinions chloe like get into it i need to know okay so i have to be really honest about something i got a migraine at like 5 p.m that night and saw about 15 minutes of the super bowl aka the actual game oh and then had to go to bed so that was a major bummer like obviously super disappointing but i i watched the halftime show the next morning so that's all i've seen really of the super bowl and then obviously the 40 million highlights of travis kelsey and taylor swift that's been blasted everywhere including post-it notes on my face i feel like so (laughs) um okay so i'm gonna just be like totally honest because i feel like the halftime show is an extremely challenging show like the timing, the space that you have to entertain the crowd, like the energy in there. It's a sporting event. There's already really, really intense energy, depending on how the game's going too. You don't mm-hmm. know at the halftime point how the game is going to be going. Like you might have to be cheering the crowd up. Like people might be going crazy already. You have no idea. So I have mad respect for like every artist who signs up and says, yes, I'll do it. So don't get me wrong there. I was a little confused with the whole Usher performance. I was kind of excited because, like, Usher was a big moment 
for me in the early 2000s. Like, I definitely can get down with Usher. But he's been in Vegas a little too long, I think. Like, it, it kind of shows. Because, like, why do we have burlesque girlies and then people who are looking kind of techno? And then we've got, like, street-style dancer, like, hip-hop looking. Like, there was everything you could imagine was just, like, dancing in groups of threes and fours. Chloe, the opening was so much. I was like, what is going on? I mean, is this a so circus? Chaotic. Are we like in Vegas? Like what actually is going on? And then it was like distracting me from the music too, I felt like. Like I mm -hmm. wasn't paying attention to the Usher songs that I know as much because I'm like trying to figure out what is going on. So moving along to like his shirtless moment was good. Um, Alicia Keys, <laughs> oh. I want to say... I loved the look. I loved the piano. The piano was freaking sick. I want to see Lady Gaga play on that piano. That was a sick piano, yeah. But I loved the cape moment. And then when the cape flew off, I thought that was really cool. Like the giant cape, because I know she kind of had double cape situations going on. But like the veil, if, if you want to call it that, or the cape, the giant one that flew off, I was like, okay, that's sick. Like I'm ready for it. And then she gets into it and she gets into singing. And I love alicia keys i think she is like amazing singer we already know she's got the vocals like she's mm -hmm. done proved herself she's also the beautiful like seems really chill down to earth nice like she seems like an actually cool celebrity but i have seen people referring to her as alicia off key because oh. girl when she when she started off one of her most popular songs oh. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Stop. Oh, oh, wow. That was it. It was shocking. It was shocking. And not only that, it was live. So there's no denying it. There was no like, oh, oh let's fix it. No, there is denying it because I haven't gone to check this, but I've seen on a TikTok that on NFL's recording of it on YouTube, they've auto-tuned and changed it. I saw that and we're living real life Mandela effect and they're trying to fuck with us. I haven't checked either, but we're, we're all there and you cannot tell us it didn't happen. Like, I was shocked. Like, as Chloe said, Alicia owes us nothing. She is a vocalist, but it was just jarring because that's like the biggest stage and no one was expecting and the it. opening note. <laughs> you know what though? I mean, she handled it. She recovered because mm -hmm. like that... She did could have like shaken the whole performance she could have like totally lost her stride there and that would have been understandable too because of a crowd that size i mean that's like larger than most concerts ever are so yeah. and then the amount of people streaming on tv and it's live like that is like you said earlier one of the highest streamed like programs of all time that's insane the pressure yeah. is insane so hats off to both of them and then with that amount of pressure to be like yeah i'm gonna do it on roller skates uh-uh i said usher stop you couldn't pay me to go onto that stage in roller skates my ass would have hit the ground in point two seconds <laughs> did you see my story about it you showing off your roller skating skills i sure did yes. you should have been up there <laughs> i should have um that was just like the cherry on top of confusion for me i'm like what is happening and it's like you had this sexy moment with your shirt off and now what all i have to say is two things one usher did kill it like being up there like you said just alone is incredible and his stage presence 
is everything. Like, I can just tell he's born for performing. Also, at his age, he looks phenomenal. Vocals, the mic was live. So, his all of fit, that. Yeah. When he first came out, that like all cream and white fit, I was like, that is cool. It's giving Met Gala, it's giving red carpet. I will say I loved it right down to the shoe. I have to say this in case my coworker Soraya ever hears this podcast, because if I don't say it, she'll call me out and be like, that's not what you said when you watched it. Oh. Because I have to say, I love his fit. I wish he would have done a different shoe because the all white shoe that he wore was giving me hospital shoe vibes. It was giving mm. old man. I think it would have been cool to either do like a pop of color shoe or like a really cool sneaker moment or like, I don't know, something needed to change there a little bit. But otherwise. He looked good. But like you said, I was just kind of like confused because there was so much going on. Like. I know a lot of Usher songs, but it felt like I only knew like two seconds of the whole performance because so much was going on. Like I didn't know what to focus on. And then I think Ludacris came out at one point and all the layers, it was a lot. I know you get overwhelmed in those situations, obviously. And I know I'm sure he wanted to make it the biggest, the best he could, obviously. I don't know. It's just, it could have been better. And that's all I'm going to say. That's no shade. It just, I don't know. But I haven't been like wildly impressed for a few years. So. Oh, yeah. Since Gaga. You know I what I'm, been. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I, I said to my sister, too. I was like, since Gaga came down from literally nowhere, I haven't been like, oh, my God. You know, it's hard so, to top it. Yeah, it's hard. So and I don't even know what I would do if I had if they were like, OK, Chloe, you have creative direction over Super Bowl halftime. I'd be like, <laughs> sign me up. I'd be there. Harry <laughs> loves it. We're doing Disney on ice. We're going to have these instant frozen ice tundra. <laughs> that is it. I love it. But I believe that's honestly everything I have to talk about for the Super Bowl. Overall, the commercials were like, okay, people spend so much money on those commercials. And I would just like to know the return value on that. Like how much actually comes from it? Is it worth the hype? Is it worth the money? we will probably never know but that's honestly everything i've been obsessed with it was kind of a slow week so moving along to music of the week what have you been listening to give it to me tell me now music of the week this week has been a major like put my phone on shuffle and just let it ride kind mm -hmm. of week so my song of the week is Picture You by Chapel Ron. So like I was saying, I've been kind of just letting my phone shuffle this week. And this song came on. And at first I'm like, oh, my God, you have my attention with that sexy, breathy, breathiness. And I'm like, what is this song? Because I didn't recognize it right off the bat. So I'm like, wait, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this is one of the like new Chapel Ron songs that I haven't quite like gotten to yet. Let me hear it out. And I was like, oh, this is a moody ass vibe. It's so good. Chaperone. I mean, look at the catalog. There's hey, no misses. It's Chapel. Hey, it's Chapel. It's. I'm sorry you brought her back to the surface. She deserves it every single time Chapel comes on. It's a listen, it's a repeat, it's a volume up situation. I just, I had to do it, you know, like I had to do it. And I've been listening to a lot of Paula Cole too. I love my girl Paula Cole for any of you guys out there listening who love her like I do. I just like to listen to something that I can really belt out to in my car. Oh, I love a belter. And I'm always waiting for that cool moment where I like stop 
at the red light and look over and so and I'm able to give someone a concert but no one's ever like chilling with their windows down ready to be my audience hey I'm always your audience give me a call it's true so <laughs> what is your song of the week uh, okay first off we have some music musical news because guys we just have to discuss for 1.2 seconds the next couple of months with some new releases because over the past few episodes we've just like kind of skimmed like just went past what's about to come out so i'm going to give you a schedule of what's coming out and everyone let us know if you want us to cover any of these albums we probably will because you're about to hear the material and the girls did not come to play at the beginning of 2024 so starting off strong we have ariana grande releasing her album eternal sunshine on march 8th and then we have Casey Musgraves releasing Deeper Well, March 15th. And then we have Beyonce releasing Act 2, which we do not know the name of yet, but that'll be March 29th. And then we have Taylor Swift releasing The Tortured Poets Department on April 19th. So that's like basically back, 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 back. And who knows what's going to pop up before then. So buckle in, guys. We have a lot of new stuff coming out. And I'm just super excited. I just wanted to lay it out if anyone's confused what's coming up because i'm all about it i love some new music so we'll be keeping you guys updated with all of that but my actual song of the week is deeper well by casey musgraves the song that she just released from her upcoming album deeper well and when i tell you guys first off the music video she shot it in iceland i should be a creative director for casey musgraves music video like please that's a dream job and it's so, so good. I don't want to get into the lyrics completely because we will be deep diving this album one day. But it honestly is just about letting things go that do not serve you or make your life better. Because she's just, it's, it's about growing up and just like seeing the true colors of things and just realizing that people will take as much as they can from you and never complain without you even knowing. So it's just realizing things and all the quintessential Casey Musgraves themes she hit on. It's so good. And like I said, it takes me back to like early Casey and God, it's so good. It's honestly my obsession. And this might be my number one song at Music Recap 2024 because I'm sure I've listened to this song over 50 times now. Like it's like I'm obsessed. Like actually like this is a true real life obsession and i don't talk to anyone about it so i have to let all the besties know so i can get it out of my system because it's in my head on cycle repeat 24 7. it's okay this is a safe space oh my god kitty oh my god oh my god so cute should i go yes oh my god that cat was really really cute well garrett i think we've talked enough about the shows we've been watching lately it's time to tell the besties what we're really here for I think it is. We're going to be diving into some of our favorite shows of all time today. We are, Chloe, and I am so excited. When I was doing some research for this episode, it takes me back. Some of these shows inspired this podcast. We have little bits of them throughout that we'll get into. But a good TV show is hard to come by. When you find it, it sticks. And these shows we're about to get into really defy me and Chloe's friendships. It's very niche to us. And I hope that some of these shows you guys have never heard of so you can go experience for the first time. Because if I had the honor and privilege of having virgin eyes to these shows, 
I would be honored. So we hope we can introduce you guys to some funny, great shows. And yeah, Chloe, get into it. What is your favorite show of like all time, you would say? Especially in this scenario, I think we're going to have to go for Pen15 here. I think so. I really do. I agree. I just don't know what else it would be. So if anyone hasn't seen the Emmy-nominated show Pen15, it follows these two characters portrayed by Anna Conkle and Maya Erkshine. I think that's how you say it, Erkshine. I hope so. And these two women are in their mid-30s, maybe even 40s at the time of filming, and they're playing two best friends entering into seventh grade first day of school and all of the other actors in school their age are actually middle school age children (laughs) so you can just imagine there like the silliness and goofiness of it but the it's so well done the layers of this the way the topics that this show covers and the realness of the middle school age experience is delectable. Garrett, give me your take. It's the attention to detail for me. Every single detail is thought about. It shows the most awkward situations that we've all been through. And I don't know if it's niche, but it's just something that me and Chloe can relate to a little too much. So I think all the besties listening can see themselves in there. And it's just... Like Chloe said, them being so much older than everyone else playing these kids, it just that on top of the situations they're in, on top of being in seventh grade in the early 2000s, is just all a little too good. And the comic relief in there is so good. Also gets deep. I cry. It's emotional. It's It does. It's they a little bit of everything. Serious stuff. And you know, it's not just the fact that they're out of place because of the like the actor's age they're also out of place because they're playing two characters who are very relatable middle schoolers that don't fit in they don't they're a little weird they're a little different but they create their own like strength and bravery through their friendship and their bond and it's like they feed off of each other's energy and anyone who's had a best friend in middle school knows exactly what that's like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks as long as you and your bff think it's funny it's us against the world kind of mentality chloe you know why i think we like this so much is because since we've never got to go to school together this is us getting to experience what it would have been like growing up and going to school together all those little moments that we missed, (laughs) but now we got to live them out. So this show definitely rates as like one of my top favorites. Garrett and I can go and watch and rewatch episodes together constantly. And it's just uh, so good. Also, we got Woo Woo, what's up with you from Pen15. So if you ever wondered why we say Woo Woo, what's up with you, Pen15 introduced us to that and Woo Woo babes. What's up with you? What's up with you? So another show that's on the same level of comedy is a show called Lunatics that we absolutely love. And it's on the same level of comedy, I say, because this show portrays a male actor who is playing multiple different roles. So we're seeing him in all these different characters' lives, and we're kind of bouncing in between each one. So think like, crazy stupid love if you've seen that movie where we're bouncing between different storylines but it's all kind of weaving together in different ways that's kind of the plot here with lunatics but like i said it's a male character so one of his 
characters that he's playing is this woman who is a dog telepathy dog whisperer (laughs) animal whisperer in general and she's very very odd and i think he's from new zealand so like that just adds a whole nother layer because to me foreign comedy whether it be british australian from new zealand it's always got that like different edge that i'm not expecting and it makes it even funnier Mm -hmm. what would you say about lunatics garrett lunatics is something like i've never seen before it's so good it's like a mockumentary of these people like following their lives and like chloe said it's all played by the same middle-aged man and he's so funny if you've never seen him like he just makes you smile just by looking at him he just has that face and that like personality like so good and this is done by netflix so it has the budget it's produced well and some of the characters are stronger than others but it's worth the watch it's super funny and like i said it's a very unique show like there's not a lot of shows that are filmed and directed the way this was. So we had to include it and it's definitely very niche to me and Chloe and we had to include it. But I think that honestly leads perfectly into the next show, Kath and Kim, which Chloe, like, I just don't even know how to describe it because it's a little too fucking good. It basically follows the day-to-day of of Australian suburban life of Kath Day Knight and her only child, Kim Day Craig, and guys it's so so good it has the australian humor kind of like what chloe was saying with lunatics just having that like different country twist on it it's just so funny like i cannot watch it without a smile on my face like if i'm in a bad mood and that show's on you can't be mad like kath can pull me out of any situation i'm prude i pray true so another thing i want to mention is gareth says this is following a normal suburbia life but that's not quite the truth because these ladies aren't quite normal there's (laughs) something just a little bit off about kath and kim and everyone else around them can see it but they can't see it so that's it's just like hilarious it's so well done the set design the fashion like everything it is phenomenal humor like if you don't get it you don't get us like no if you don't get it go like it's honestly you have to get it to get this podcast and i have to say any of the shows that we mentioned today even if you don't have the streaming service to watch the show any of the shows we're going to talk about you can youtube best moments and you'll still be able to get the vibe very quickly i don't know how this got placed into our lap to be able to discover this show, but I'm blessed every day and it is a classic. There's a scene where they're having a party and Kath asks Kim to get her a statue of little baby Jesus for the Christmas party. And then Kim shows up with this statue of baby bells with toothpicks stuck all over them. And she's like, what the hell is this, Kim? Kim, what the hell is this? You said to get you a statue of baby Jesus. I said baby Jesus, Kim, not baby Jesus. Oh, baby Jesus, not Jesus. Okay, well, it's still nice. You can still make it work. (laughs) It's still nice. So good, guys. Like, please do us a favor. Go watch, spread the word, and you're welcome. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. You're welcome. It's true. Now, Moving on to a show that really brought me and Chloe together, honestly. Like, without the show, we 
might have never become friends because we bonded over this over our first hangout session, which is American Horror Story. Like, the OG from season one, we've been there, and Chloe, get into it, because American Horror Story is kind of like another show that is on another level. Like, there's no other show like it. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you've definitely heard of it, and you've seen things about it. But American Horror Story is like a whole new take on a horror TV television program. And to me, it's just got this beautifully unique film style and production style. It's different. It's like a sexy, fresh, binge-worthy, like, I don't even know. It's like the kind of show you become obsessed with. And it's a horror show. So you wouldn't think that that would happen. You would think that kind of a genre would be like, you know, unless that's like your favorite thing, you would think that would just be like a very niche type of show. But it's so good. Garrett, I'm doing a terrible job here. You jump in. So I think the easiest way to describe American Horror Story, the biggest thing that makes it stand out above any other show on right now is every single season is a whole different story. So for example, season one, it was all about murder house. So it took place in this one house. And then the second season was about an asylum. So it all took place in this one asylum and it kind of every season has taken that form. And now that they've been going for so long, they're starting to connect the stories together. So like there's mm-hmm. little things that pop up throughout each season and it's very interesting. And I love it because if you don't like one season, the next season is going to be something completely different that you may love. Exactly. That's one of the ways that they really got people hooked at the beginning too, is you know that like once that season you're watching ends, you're waiting on the edge of your seat to find out what's going to be the next season, what's going to be the next theme. And in the beginning of the program, a lot of the same actors stayed signed on for season after season. Not all Mm -hmm. of them. Not all of them repeated the same seasons like consecutively. Sometimes they would leave and then come back to the show. But now there's like a few of those original actors. But for the first five-ish seasons, there was like a, a true like American Horror Story cast. But they would be playing different characters, different plot lines, different storylines every single time. So that was another thing that you would get really, really excited about. Because it would be like, who is Evan Peters going to be next? Like, uh, what is he going to do next? I loved when Jessica Lange was in the show because uh, she was incredibly talented. And it would be like, what is Jessica going to do next? So you never know. Good. Like, the show's so good, Chloe. Like, talking about it is like taking me back to the beginning of it. It's a classic meme. Chloe would watch the premieres together. Like I remember Roanoke, we watched it together. Mm-hmm. Hotel, when Gaga was on, we watched it together. Like, amazing. That's a, show, that's a show that I would kill to be able to watch for the first time all over again. And you just mentioned something I want to talk about with American Horror Story. They have celebrity guest stars sometimes. So mm-hmm. we've had Kim Kardashian. We've had Lady Gaga, which was amazing. We had Noah Cyrus come in, which was for their spinoff show, American Horror Stories, which is also amazing. Mm-hmm. And they do it so flawlessly. They do it so well. I just, I think that by changing the characters and the storylines each season, you really get to see these actors range in a Mm -hmm. unique kind of way. A hundred percent. It's amazing. And like I said, to this day, we still watch it. It's still on. So go watch. And this is the only show I'm going to ask this question to you. But what is your favorite season of American Horror Story? Okay, so there's a top three. For sure. (laughs) Top three are Murder House, Asylum, and Freak Show. Okay. 
but I think my number one top favorite season is Asylum. The hardest part about that is there's giant chunks of the season that I wish I could just like erase and then it would be perfect. Mm -hmm. But, and anyone who's seen it might kind of understand what I mean there. But I also think Freak Show was an amazing season. Murder House, the very first season is like unmatched, especially like the pop culture icon that that season has become. Yeah. And then some of the later seasons too, like Colt, which I wasn't so sure that I was going to love because it was very Trump propaganda centered. Like it was during a very scary political time. And then on top of that, they were really heavily leaning into that. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of nervous about it because I was like, this one's a true like scary topic right now. But again, it was so well done. And I loved that season. So fucking good. I mean, every season is so different and so unique. So I love all of them for different reasons, but I think mine would have to be Coven. I love... I know it is. It always has been. I love my witchy era. Like, when I watched that, something changed in my core. Like, I've been to the Coven house. Like, I'm basically a part of it. So, I relate. I'm a witchy girl. Stevie Nicks, all of it. I just... Oh, so good. That was my favorite Lily Rabe character by far. So good. I also loved Emma Roberts in that, her being just like a bitch. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. You're smoking the cigarette. It's just all a little too good. And now I have to ask, we all know Evan Peters' best character has to be Tate, like hands down. Yes. What's your favorite Tasia Farmiga character? I'll be basic, but for me, it's Violet. I was going to say Violet. I see her walking down the hallway, cigarette in hand, the hat, just everything. So 2014 Tumblr coded. Like, it's just a little (laughs) too good. I mean, iconic level, it would have to be Violet, right? Now, the hardest question of all, your favorite Jessica Lange character. Because I am so 50-50 tied between two. Oh, my God. But, But I think the acting for one is, like, her best acting of all in the show. Okay, my personal favorite, like this is like actually like camp I live. I'd have to say her in Coven because she's like the head witch. She's like the head bitch. She like knows it. I love her. But I think acting wise, her in Asylum, I feel like that was a challenging role for her because that whole season was very dark as they all are. But I think Asylum was probably her biggest acting role, I would think. What about you? So my top two, it's so interesting that we have a different top two. So number one for me, acting wise, Asylum. That's what I was hoping you would say too, because I think that she just showed like such incredible skill with that season. Let's not talk about her vocal performance in Name Game. You want to talk about vocal performance? Let's go on to my number two, Freak Show, where she portrays this sexy, I think she's supposed to be Russian circus mama and she's basically the circus mama pimp i don't even know what the ringleader and she performs gods and monsters on Mm -hmm. stage by lana del rey amazing (laughs) i wish i could have that on apple music that performance (laughs) so good and that honestly that was like worlds colliding too good like jessica lang can do no wrong like amazing i wish that they would bring her back a little bit more but obviously she's done her time and She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Seriously, though. But, I mean, incredible. And I have another show that I want to talk about that's going to mix things up a little bit. You might not be expecting it, but we went through a major phase with this show. 
And to this day, this is one that like if I was ever feeling down and I just wanted something kind of funny, fun, hilarious to watch, or if I'm like drinking, hanging out with friends and I want something fun in the background, Jersey Shore. Oh my God, this is a throwback. We had a major Jersey Shore moment there for a second. Meatball like problems. <laughs> I want to be as carefree as Snooki is on the Jersey Shore. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. I live. That show just, like, lets me live my, like, trashy Jersey Shore fantasy. And, like, I live for it. It's, like, peak trash MTV reality TV in, like, the early it 2000s. It really is. It really, really is. And then, like, speaking of reality TV, everyone knows we love Real Housewives. Obviously. And then Obviously. Vanderpump Rules goes with that now for me because I'm kind of getting onto that boat. The Bravo universe in general, like all Bravo, so good. And I really think The Real Housewives is unique because of the different installments of each franchise because it kind of documents the personal and professional lives of a group of women in certain cities and different regions of America. And I think it's so fun because each of them are so different. And I mean, I honestly think you're kind of biased too because whatever city you're closest to you kind of favor like which hey I mean who would I live for that but it's all fun and my favorite thing about Real Housewives is being able to escape into these rich women's problems that like are so minor but they just deliver and it's just an escape and, and it's fun it's so much like, drama and you live a, a normal day-to-day -day average life where you're just doing your job going home to your loved ones having dinner, taking a shower, and going to bed. There's no exciting drama in your life. So this way you get some without any of the damage. It gets the heartbeat racing, babes. Like my, it my sure blood. does. <laughs> and you know, I disagree with one thing you said because I don't think your favorite housewives are necessarily the ones that are closer to you because I am nowhere near Salt Lake City, babes. But Miss Lisa Barlow, she's got a hold on my heart. Oh, you know, that's for sure. Babes, come on. I'm the farthest away from Salt Lake City, but they have my ice cold heart. I have a snowflake saved for them. No, for sure. We'll be in Salt Lake City one day with our snowflake. Like that is where we do belong. But Real Housewives, we talk about it. We have a whole freaking show based on the housewives. So we're obsessed. It's a little too good. But I want to go to a show that you introduced me to, actually. I've never seen it before you introduced it to me. But now it's like my go-to nighttime show to help me go to sleep. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because it's the one I just wrote down to talk about. We have Bob's Burgers. I mean, Chloe converted me to adult animated shows because I was a hater. I hated like what are they even called? Like South Park, all that kind of stuff. I'm just a family guy. None of that ever sat well with me until I was introduced to the Belcher family. Chloe, take it because I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so good. So Bob's Burgers is similar to Family Guy and that kind of thing and like the animation style and like the audience that they're going for. It just doesn't have all the like random gore. It's not quite as loud and like chaotic as family guy is i don't mm -hmm. even know how, quite how else to say it but bob's burgers follows a family bob and linda belcher and their three kids gene louise and tina and they live in this little town that's kind of supposed to represent like the jersey shore area coincidentally enough mm -hmm. and they have this little burger shop and they live in the apartment above it and it just follows their lives and they're it's really goofy it's silly and when i say adult animation like kids could watch it too it's not r-rated by any means they never push the boundaries because like even if kids watched it sometimes they allude to something but if you're a kid you won't know what they're alluding to 
But as an adult, it's just like light, funny, chill entertainment. Very chill. Yep. That's the perfect way to put it. It's like calming. And then Tina is just a class act herself. The mom, they soothe me. Like it's a great background show. And I just had to touch on it because it's up there. It's one of my favorites. Well, another one of our favorites, this is an old, old throwback. And we're going to breeze through this one fast because everybody and their mother knows the show. But we definitely had a major office phase. And oh Michael Scott, I mean, I have like a hard on for Steve Carell. I think he's so hot. I don't know why. <laughs> but the office, like certain scenes in the office are certainly funnier than others. And those funny scenes that are so painfully uncomfortable are like joyous to me. And it it's striking me as a pattern here with Lunatics, Pen15, Kath and Kim, even Jersey Shore, American Horror Story. Bob's Burgers, The Office, Garrett and I enjoy those uncomfortable moment funny <laughs> scenes. We enjoy someone being in that like truly cringeworthy experience and we like to feed off of that. <laughs> no, you cracked the code. That's definitely it. And The Office definitely bonded us when we had sleepovers. The Office would be playing in the background like so good. It's a classic like I mean sh- like Chloe said, everyone and their mother has heard of The Office, but some of that stuff just is a little too good. Like, it's a classic show, and I've watched the whole season twice, I believe. Like, that was my, mm-hmm. before Bob's, that was my go-to-sleep show. I'd watch it every single night. So, it's a classic. It's a standard. It's so and good. And, like, Parks and Rec is funny on that same level, but it's not, it doesn't come anywhere near The Office, and everybody knows that. Yeah. I want to breeze by this one quick because I know you don't really watch this show, but I have to mention it because I do think a huge part of my sense of humor comes from watching Gilmore Girls growing up. I talked about it in a previous episode, but like I've seen Gilmore Girls through legitimately at least 20 times. And I really do attribute a lot of my quick witticisms and like sense of humor, the ability to like draw on completely random, very niche subjects or topics of conversation and pull them out at a moment's notice to make a quick witty response like that's all Gilmore Girls they taught me that Gilmore Girls also taught me about doing a bit and bits and it's so funny to me that on TikTok it's like trending now to be like oh these are my bits what are your bits because I remember in freaking middle school I'd be doing a bit and someone would be like what I don't get it and I'd be like oh it's just a bit like I'm doing a bit and they'd be like a bit what does that mean doing a bit and i'm like okay you clearly don't get it (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead no but ever since i've met chloe gilmore girls has been her show day one a one so i respect it i've watched a little i'm nowhere near chloe so i'm not even gonna speak on it but i love it for what it is my comfort show and like if you watch it it is hilarious like that is a very very funny show but you either love it or you hate it because there's a lot of dialogue and the dialogue moves fast. Mm. And like, I swear to God, you guys watching Gilmore Girls made me such a smart, intelligent person because they have so many references in that show that it it really expanded my pop culture scene. Like there are things that I'd be like, what is that? Like, oh, what does that mean? And I'd go look it up like the Barefoot Contessa for like a random example. There was like an episode where there was a Barefoot Contessa shaped mailbox. And I'm like, what even is the Barefoot Contessa? So I look it up and I find out, oh, okay, that makes sense. So I love Gilmore Girls. And another show that we went through a major phase with, but I cannot watch this show anymore. 
because this has become my true American horror story and like it's too scary. I won't I won't watch it anymore. Black Mirror. Featuring also celebrity guest star Miss Miley Cyrus, Ashley O. No, Chloe, you could not be more right. I am the same way. Like we had this little era of Black Mirror, but no more. I'm done. I checked out after Miley season. It just scares me. Like in like mm-hmm. a this might this could happen. Wait, like this yeah, is a little too, too close real. Now. Yeah, too close to home. Like this is our world is leading to this kind of stuff. So I tend to not go towards that anymore. But that was definitely a time in. And the show us. itself, an incredible work of art, like amazing show, but I can't handle it anymore. No, it's a little too intense. I want to talk about a show that I think I might have introduced you to. I don't know for sure, but I definitely brought it to your attention more for sure. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, oh my God, of course. Yes. yes. Let's talk about her, Miss Ru. Is that a show or is that a lifestyle? I mean, a little bit of both for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> we take it into our day to day. So, like, I definitely, obviously, have heard of RuPaul's Drag Race before you, but this just, like, this friendship really cemented my love, my respect, my adoration, and admiration for RuPaul and all drag queens across the nation, across the globe. Ru truly is the queen. Mm -hmm. Like, period. The queen. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody will ever come close. Like, that, that queen has created an era she is an icon she created a generation of people who could feel free to be themselves and do what they want to do and express themselves and she's legendary for that always will be legendary mama rue like so iconic and this show has done so much for drag queens because before the show less than 10 years ago this was not a gig that, that a lot of people like- did like a side gig because you really had to make the money or like you did it secretly because that was actually something you were passionate about but it was kind of like uh, it was like, not mainstream it was not you weren't doing this to be famous you were doing because you really loved it which the people and like, don't get us twisted either because the the girls who got it have always been there like there always have been the girls who got it yeah but you know what we mean exactly but now i'm so happy that people around the world are able to appreciate and learn about and like it's so cool seeing these girls these queens going on rupaul's from all across the world because they've had a few like international sensation queenies by now Mm -hmm. and it's like these are people from countries where they probably never would have been able to do anything like this when they were growing up and now here they are it's just inspirational honestly it's so inspirational and RuPaul has given the franchises to different countries. There's Thailand drag race, there's Espanol drag race, there's Canada, there's France. It's really become a international phenomenon and RuPaul has done so much for the LGBTQIA community. And honestly, if you've never seen RuPaul, it's fun. It's a competition show too. And it has that kind of drama, like Real Housewives was also like competition and a little bit of everything. There's like fashion, there's comedy. So If you get it, you get it, but everyone needs to see a little bit of RuPaul. And when we say competition, these are some of the most talented individuals on the planet, like literally, because these people can 
So they can design, they can perform, they can sing, they can dance, they can do comedy, they can entertain a stage, they can manage their own business, manage their own finances, like do their own PR, do their own marketing, all of the above. Like these women are one women shows. It's so incredible, so impressive. And yeah, I could never. So put some respect on the drag queens because <laughs> they deserve it. But Chloe, I think that concludes our show's that we wanted to introduce to the besties. I think we have a pretty good list and I think it should hold you guys over for a while because y'all have some catching up, some research to do to make sure you're on the same page as EFBF. Absolutely. And we'll be checking in. There will be quizzes mailed out to each and every one of our listeners' mailboxes (laughs) just to make sure that you are keeping up with not only our favorite shows, but our favorite podcasts, music, all of our album reviews. Yeah, just be checking your mailbox for that coming soon. <laughs> coming at you guys. And we always talk about all of our favorite things. So we just had to introduce you guys to some of our favorite shows because like I said, these make me and Chloe who we are. It brought us together. So join in and let us know what you think if you've never seen them. Absolutely. And if you do watch anything to do with Kath and Kim, then I also implore you to go check out the YouTube video of the actress who plays Sharon on Kath and Kim meeting Heath Ledger on the red carpet. That's all you would need to type in. Sharon meets Heath Ledger. You'd find it. It's just a tearjerker moment. I mean, it's just a heart warmer. So with that being said, we love you besties for listening. You can check us out on our TikTok at EFBF podcast. You can check us out on Instagram, also on EFBF podcast. And you know, by now already that you can find us on Spotify, Amazon music, and yeah, that should just about do or download subscribe. If you haven't already and share this with your friends and family, see if they might like it. You better do that for us. And also go to our Instagram and TikTok and ask us some questions because in an upcoming episode, you just may be featured. So give us all your hard hitting questions. Do that. And then also answer my question about my cat. What do I do? <laughs> Please. We need Piper Lynn safe and sound. I need so. help. How do I get her here? Please send answers. Well, on that note, guys, we love you for listening and we'll see you next episode. Good. Oh, well, well, yeah. Yeah.